welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Thank you very much for those beautiful songs and your worship today. Uh, he is an awesome God, and uh, there's none like Him. Praise God. And I uh, just want to welcome you. Uh, some of you might see me do that motion and say, why does he want his phone for? Well. It's just that, that little height right there that I put my front of my iPad under, and it raises it up where I can see it better. Praise God. Other, other than that, I'm going to be having some trouble. And, uh, but uh, we're so happy for you to be here today. I, I, uh, I think about my upbringing and how that uh, as a uh, adopted child into a home at six months of age and how that uh, the impact that my mother and father had in my life and uh, but I also think about all of the mothers ladies in the church as a kid growing up that had such a impact in my life in various different ways uh, if I would stay at their house or be over for a little bit because mom and dad had something to do uh, they all seem to have some kind of a peace in my life to where they, you know, just gave me that example that I needed to have as a kid growing up. And back in those days and time, they, if you did something wrong, they could pop your little bottom. <laughs> they didn't care if it was, they didn't care if you were their kid or not. They were going to make sure you got a little education right then that that wasn't what you're supposed to do. Amen. Praise God. Wouldn't hurt to have a little bit of that going on in our day and time. Yeah. Read this deal the other day where this principal was in hot water and she had, she had paddled a, a kid that was, I forget, sixth grade, maybe, maybe younger than that, so don't quote me on that. But if you go back, you'll probably find it. And she had paddled the kid and they had, they had assessed or said, and she got, I think she got suspended for it. And uh, then they come back and said she didn't break any laws. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me now? You bust a kid in their backside and get them to do right, and then they want to, didn't break any laws. Well, no kidding. Train up a child in the way it should go. Look, I, I've had, I'm going to tell you right now, I've had my fair share over life, and I look back now, and really, it helped me. It didn't hurt me. Right? Judges, the 13th chapter this morning, and so we want to say thank you for coming, and uh, we honor you today, and uh, um, I think even the Lord just kind of let that thunder roll at the right time, just to kind of say happy Mother's Day to all of my lovely 
mothers down there today and all of you that's had participated in people's lives. Amen. See, let me, let me say, we, uh, we celebrate Mother's Day, but we also understand that there's a lot of mothers or a lot of ladies that go through situations in their life. Uh, we were there when we could not have children, and Mother's Day was a tough day for my wife. And, uh, and so we, we pray for you that for those that would love to have children but can't, and for whatever reason, be, be that it may. And then some people just don't want kids. They're like, ah. Yeah, I will babysit your kid, but I can send them home, right? It's like grandparents. When we get the kids now, we're like, we love them and love them and love them and spoil them and spoil them. And then, praise God. So we want to give honor. And so many of you have an impact on our kids. So many teachers that are downstairs with kids that are teaching them the word of God. We are so uh, honored that uh, you ladies give of your time in various different ways. And uh, we, we appreciate that. You can always learn. Don't ever think you're too old to not learn something. You can always learn something from somebody. Amen. Just make sure it's somebody that's positive in your life and not negative in your life. It matters. I don't want to be filled up with a bunch of junk. I just want, I want good things in my life. So in here in the 13th chapter of the book of Judges, I mentioned the other day, ladies, don't be surprised if I, uh, we honor you, but I don't preach in that realm, but I'm going to try to do a little bit of both. The 13th chapter of the book of Judges, beginning in verse 8. And the Bible says, And Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste, ran, showed, and showed her husband and said to him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? I've always, you know, you know why didn't he just say to my wife or call her by name? No, he just said the woman. <laughs> and he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. Now notice this next statement. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? Lord God, we thank you for your word, your goodness, your mercy, your love and kindness. Amen. I pray, God, today that for the next little bit, as we entertain your word and, and entertain your presence, that you will speak to us and let our lives be strengthened today. Amen, because we know that without you, we are nothing. And without you, we don't have the hope that we have today. So, Lord, we honor you today, and we ask you to bless today. Let your anointing fall upon these lips of clay to speak your word. Let our ears be open as a congregation to receive those words with gladness. In Jesus' name we pray, and let everybody say amen. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord as you're being seated. When you look at the scripture here, of course, you pick up pretty quick that we're talking about the birth of Samson. And uh, how many knows the story of Samson? Samson and Delilah, that's a big story, uh, you know, that, that we learn as, as, as kids growing up in the Sunday school realm. 
And so we see here how that uh, Israel, when you go back and read verse 1, the Bible says the children of Israel did evil again. Everybody say again. I'm having a hard time understanding Israel. Amen. It just seems like Israel could never stay on track. Israel always had an issue. They'd get on track for a little while, then they'd backslide. They'd get on track for a little while and go after something else. Get in track for a while and do the same thing. And it seemed like over and over. So here we are again, amen, where it says, The children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. 40 years. The children of Israel complained and, 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 they, and, and when Moses brought down the tablets out of the, out of the mountain and, 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 and they threw them down and broken because they, were, they had made an idol and they were worshiping idols and, and then all of a sudden you had the ten spies that came back and says, no, we can't do it. So because of their report and the people believing their report, amen, all of a sudden God said, okay, for, for, for every day that they were spying out the land, you're going to spend in the wilderness for one year. So for 40 years, they spent it in the wilderness. Now, why in the world, after you've seen everything that you saw, would you find yourself falling back into that fear and that doubt? you already seen God could deliver you. <clears throat> you already seen that God could do great things for you. you already seen the hand and the power of God. So why are you doubting God now? But here we see in our story that once again, they fell into uh, sin and fell into idolatry and fell, uh, you know, uh, they, they fell away from God. And so Israel was here once again, and God once again delivered them unto the Philistines for how long? Say it real loud, 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness, 40, 40 years with the Philistines. You see, you understand that God was pretty frustrated with his children. How many gets frustrated with your children? Now, let's be honest. Let's get, uh, how many gets frustrated with your children every now and then? How many after you've had kids can, can understand how your mom and dad got frustrated with you? Oh, I needed a loud amen on that one. Amen. We probably drove them nuts. And a lot of times we say the phrase, you're getting, what, you're getting payback right now. But Manoah's wife, right at this point, she was barren. She had no children. And uh, uh, evidently could not have children. And, and so the angel of the Lord appeared to her. And sometimes, sometimes uh, you, know, you know the expression, sometimes you know when you're going to have a baby and sometimes it is a surprise. Did you understand that? Sometimes you plan for it and sometimes it's an oops. Come on, how many how many's ever had that in your family where you've had kids? I had a friend of mine that had kids, uh, and then all these years later something happened, and, uh, and, and now they had another little bambino on the way, and, and then they're like, well, we don't need to raise that one by itself, so let's plan to have another one so they'll be close together. Amen. Sometimes you know it, and sometimes it's a surprise. Amen. And so when I, when I, when I see this here, amen, in, in verse 8, Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, let the man of God, which thou didst send, come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. We need to know, Lord, you need to educate us. You need to let us know what is going on. You know, you, you said, hey, you're going to have a kid, so I, I'm asking you, Lord, tell us what we need to do. See, there's nothing wrong with seeking clarification from God. 
Sometimes you're going to go back and say, Lord, now, are you sure? Yeah, we're telling the Lord that. Now, that's honest. You see it in the scripture sometimes where people go back to the Lord and they're just wanting a little bit of clarification on this. Amen. Are you sure, Lord, that this is what uh, you, now, now, I, I'll make clear. Is this what you said? Amen. And that's Manoah. Manoah was like, wait a minute now. What? And then when it comes, comes a, and, and it comes back and talks to her again, but Manoah wasn't there. So this time when she told him, he comes running back and goes after the man and says, hey, hold on just a minute. We need some clarification here. Come on. So God sends an angel again to her and Manoah chases him down and, and said, you know, we just need to know what's the order. What's the verdict? Amen. Whether it's favorable or unfavorable, I need to know. Amen. From a, from a judicial, if you want to say, standpoint of view, uh, what kind of law do we or are we supposed to raise him under? What kind of law? Amen. You read the story, you understand that, that, that there's certain things that, that, that was dictated to her that she could not eat or could not drink. Amen. In other words, there were some requirements that were going along with this because Samson was going to be a special person. Amen. He was going to end up judging Israel. You know the story. So, so Samson, there he was. You know, you know, when God gives us children, amen, they are supposed to be ordered. You don't just, you raise them with direction is a better phrase. You raise your children with direction. We know that we lived up in a messed up world today. And so many children are out there and they're not getting the right direction. Their minds are, are, you know, they're, they're really not getting anything at all. Not just the right direction, but they're not getting any direction. They're raising themselves. Amen. They're, they're just doing what their heart, what they want to do. Amen. Because nobody really is in their life to give them the direction that they need to have for their own life. Amen. That's why I can say I thank God every day that, 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 that I was adopted because of the simple fact that I had somebody, I had parents in my life that ordered, the, the, the steps are ordered of the Lord. Amen. They were following the Lord and they were doing their best to give me the direction that I needed for my life. Psalm 127.3 says, Lo, children are what? A heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is the reward. And then verse 4, he says, as, as, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so, so are children of the youth. Happy is a man that has his quiver full of them. Come on, how many, how many of y'all would like to have a quiver full of kids? We're laughing. Come on now. How, how many would like to have a lot of kids? You know, my dad, there was four boys and four girls in that family, plus grandpa and grandma. Amen. I, we've had people that's had 12 kids. You know, to me, that's nervous breakdown time. You know, when you've got enough to fill a football team or a baseball team, you, you need to put the brakes on it somewhere. Because you, you're going to be poor all your life. And those, those kids are going to, when they, when they start bellying up to the table and they start eating, you're going to think, my God, where did the $100 a week go? Now it's $500 a week. 
Because they're going to they're gonna take advantage of it. But listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Amen. I don't care how many you got. You just got to make sure that you put good direction in their lives. Look, I, I'm going to tell you right now, there are kids where mommy and daddy are well off and they send them off to boarding schools uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and what they're missing on that is simply this. Uh, you're, letting somebody, you're putting them off somewhere and that message to them is you don't want me around. And so then you try to be mom and dad after, after that's happening and all that. I'm just saying that it makes no difference who you are, whether you don't have two pennies to rub together or where you got all the money in the world. Kids still need their mom and dad to give direction, good direction in their life. So children are a heritage of the Lord, and we need to take that serious, and we need to understand the fact that I need to put positive things in my kid and direct them in, the, in, the, in righteousness and what they need to understand of the Lord. And so as an error in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Amen. In other words, you should, you should be glad you got them. The life of a young man or woman, you know, it, it, as according to the scripture, will be shot in some kind of a direction by a parent. What we do matters, right? What, what, we, what, I, what I did as a parent mattered, Brother Howard, in my kids' lives. Did we, did we have our moments? You better believe it. Did I, did, did, was there moments when I, Gerald and I never had really that kind of an issue with. But my son, did we have moments that you just, you wanted to snatch them up and and just throw, throw senses to the wind? Teenagers are going to be teenagers. They are going to try your patience. They are going to test you. They are going to question you. They are going to be there and say, why? I don't care what it is. There's that moment in their time when you say, when you, uh, when you might say, hey, I need you to take out the garbage. Why? Why? I'll show you why. Because we don't want to live in filth. We, we, don't, we don't want garbage everywhere. Clean your room up, please. Well, why? Why? Well, here's why. Because if I go in there and pick something up, there might be a rat underneath there because it's been laying there for so long. Your room is stinking right now. It smells. How long has that been laying there? Oh, this is what it is. It's a banana peel that's been here for two months rotting. Here's food shoved up under their bed. Something they had in a bowl, but they were too lazy to walk the 25 steps to the kitchen to, to rinse it out and put it in the sink. That's kids. That's kids. My wife told me when we got married, she said to me one day, she says, did you ever make a bed? And I said, no. <laughs> you mean your mom didn't make you make your bed? No, she did it for me. Did you do your laundry? No. First time I ever did my laundry was when I was in college. And they, they, they tried to write down how to do laundry. But when I did it, it all came out pink. I learned you don't throw everything in the same pot. 
We, 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 as kids, we've got to learn. We've got to learn. We've got to learn. We've got to learn from our mom and dad. They're directing us. They're leading us. They're guiding us. And parents, let me stop and tell you, you, don't, you, ne- you really never stop in that role in your kid's life. I got my kids right now, 31, 34, and I'm telling you right now, I'm still calling them about stuff. They go on a camping trip, Brother Greg, the one you guys just went on, and I'm calling, watch Remy around that golf cart. What, what, now make sure this and make sure that, you know. Yeah, 31 years old, my, 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 my son-in-law my, and, and my daughter, and I'm calling them and saying, now remember this, remember when you were with your brother and he went around the cul-de-sac and threw you out on your face. <laughs> and, and understand this, like that point, kids are going to learn sometimes by experiences. And they're going to learn sometimes the hard way. But it's our job to try to get to them where they don't get to that place to where it's something in their life that really messes them up. Amen. So it's, it's about us shooting them, ladies, men. It's about us shooting that child in the direction as a parent. Amen. To try to lead them and guide them. Amen. When I lay my head down on a pillow at night, I want to know, have I did everything that I, that I, that I could have done? And am I doing everything that I can do? Amen. And, 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 and intentionally, things in the future, am I doing something that's going to put a positive thing in their life and direct them, amen, in life and say, look, you can achieve it. You can make it. Amen. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. But first of all, you need to have a relationship with God. That's the most important thing is that have a relationship with God. Have a relationship with God. Paul described our times as perilous. And God knows we live in perilous times. You look at life now, never before have children or our youth been so, so, so mixed up in, in the direction that they need uh, to be going in. So many of them are hurting. So many of them have been corrupted by various things, uh, amen, in their life that has come and influences the stuff that has come into their life. Amen. Saints, uh, we need to be willing to exercise uh, some, some, uh, some, some, uh, uh, the point where we just don't walk along with the crowd. Amen. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't just kind of follow after things. Uh, well, they're doing it uh, and they're doing it. That doesn't make it right. Just because these parents let their kids do this doesn't mean you have to let your kids do that. Right? You gotta have the right focus, uh, the right intention, uh, the right purpose. Uh, amen. You gotta point them in the right direction. Train up that child in the way it should go. Bring him to the house of God. Well, they don't want to come. Who's the parent? I didn't have an option. Pastor, don't go there. I didn't have an option. I went to church. Amen. As a kid growing up. But I'm telling you, even though I didn't, even though I, I was made to come to church, something got a hold of me. When I started understanding and realizing what this was all about. Amen. But they don't want to come. I mean, there's situations that I understand. We've had them in church for all these years where one of the parents is saved and one is unsaved. And then the kids will come up for so long and then all of a sudden they, they kind of start filtering away. Why? Because it's hard in a household that's divided. 
You gotta, you gotta, you gotta raise your kids together. You gotta raise your kids with purpose. Oh, somebody clap your hands and praise the Lord this morning. Refuse to go along with the crowd. And I'll just say this at the moment. What's the Bible say about the crowd? Amen. The Bible talks about a, a wide, a broad way that leads to destruction. That, that tells me a lot of people are on that broad way. So why in the world would I just say, oh, well, this is the thing. Everybody's doing this. No, man. I, I don't want to go to destruction. I, amen. But narrow is the way. Narrow is that path that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. Right? Amen. It may not look pretty. There's not too many people on that path. This must be the, this over here must be the, 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 the thing that's going right now is wherever they're going, then that, let's, let's just all follow that crowd. No, that's going to lead to destruction, but this is going to lead uh, to eternal life. So we need to want our kids to know where that, that narrow path is. We need them to know, look, amen, you don't have to follow the crowd to be accepted. You need to follow the crowd, amen, that's going to spiritually look after the things of God. Amen. So that they, as not just children, but when they get older, they'll know even when you're gone and maybe even long gone, maybe when you're six feet under, they'll still have that drive and that purpose and be living their life with intention, amen, on making heaven their home. So, you know, we live in a time when you're laughed at if your lifestyle is conservative. <laughs> sure. Just listen to people. Listen to all the ones that are supposed to know things. They're coming down on Christians now. They really, they really want to rag the Christians because, oh, we're too conservative. We're too, we're churchy. <laughs> we don't need church. Just like the one guy said, said in one of the committees, God has no place in this Congress. I'm like, dude, you're going to get fried. When you put God out and you put other thing, and you put evil things and the world in its place, don't expect anything else. When you take prayer out of the schools, don't expect anything else but what we're getting. When you take it out of the home, don't expect good things. Expect what you're getting. Amen. Our kids need to hear us pray. They need to see us go to church. They need to see us call on God. They need to see us reading the Bible. Be an example to them. You don't have to, you don't have to try to be a, the big bully with the big stick, but just be an example with them. Let them know where you stand. Let them know your love of God. Let them know the path you're on. Clap your hands and praise Him again today. Be careful not to get sucked up in pop culture. It'll tell you one thing. The Bible will tell you something different. Amen. Right? You got, you got to be real careful. We need the things of God. Because when we're out there in the world, if you are living for God, God will give you the strength. You'll be able to, you'll be able to uh, uh, perceive and, and discern what's going on around you. Amen. Just because somebody's drinking a beer doesn't mean I have to. Just because somebody's smoking a joint over here doesn't mean I have to. Doesn't mean that somebody lights up a cigarette here over here that I have to. Doesn't mean that. It does, if you're going out here to this or going out there to do that, amen, God will help you with the discernment to say, you know what, uh, this is where I need to go do something else. 
Like maybe go to church. Or pray. Oh, man. But it is in the midst of a religiously backslidden state of mind that, that, that an evil generation, that, that, that it's here that Manoah prayed, tell me how to direct and raise my child. Why? Because our ch- what is a dedication all about? A dedication of what you see in the Bible is when they bring those children back to God and they dedicate them to the Lord. They are a heritage. They are a gift from God. And we take them to that altar and it's more than just, oh, I'm getting my baby dedicated. No. No. Oh, I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do. No. When you do that, there needs to be a prayer in your heart. God, I may not be where I should be. I may be having my own issues. But God, I need an answer from you. Help me to raise this child up to know you. Help me to raise this child. Amen. In the house of God. Teach me how to direct them. Teach me how to raise them. Because as as the scripture, as Peter said, we live in perilous times and we need some proactive parents. Amen. With a biblical backbone. Is this okay for a Mother's Day sermon? That we, we need a biblical backbone. I don't care what the world says. I'm standing on the word of God. This is the word of God. And they say, perilous times, we're in it. Perilous times are going to come. Go, go down the litany of stuff. Said so there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be in diverse places. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. It goes back up. But said, look, the end is not yet. Look, folks, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you right now. There are some things we're going to go through that's going to shake the very foundation of the people in this world. Amen. And the end will not have been yet. And it's just warming up. It's just getting to that place right now that one day when it all comes crashing down, uh, amen, I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to matter is your faith in God. The only thing that's going to matter is your trust in the Word of God. The only thing that's going to matter is you standing on this this firm foundation because it's the only thing that's going to help you and I when that time comes. You know, the New Testament church was born with this, with, uh, you know, with this uh, headline, this, this Holy Ghost headline. When the scripture said, the promise is unto you, your children, and to them that are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for you. It's for them. Amen. It's for your children. It's for your grandchildren. Amen. However long we live. Amen. Some of y'all got great-grandchildren. Amen. So it's, it's all the way down to that. Uh, amen. Understand, it's for them. It's for everybody. Amen. Don't ever give up on the fact that the promises uh, of the Word of God, amen, that is unto you uh, and your children from generation to generation. Uh, there ha- we, folks, let me say it again. There has to be a proactive uh, 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 part of the parenting, uh, amen, with our kids. So we need to pray. God, help me as a leader, amen, for raising my home, raising my children. You know, that, that, that is where, and, and this is not Father's Day, so excuse me, but I do have to, it came to my mind, so I do have to say it. Fathers, that's the reason why that the Bible talks about us being the priest of our house. Because if we lose our direction, it's a good chance your family's going to lose their direction. Because the anointing's going to flow down. 
And if that somehow you get out of sync with that and your, and your wife is trying to come to church and bring the kids and raise the kids and, and do everything she's trying to do, I'm going to tell you something right now. There's a breaking point in her. And, and one way or the other, she's going to keep on going, but she understands she can't do everything. So you and I as fathers, we need to step up to the plate and say, you know what, God? I'm going to put myself. They're going to hear me pray. They're going to see me read the word. They're going to see me go to church. <laughs> well, come on, elder, you need to help me out. Well, there you go. You got to realize that it's that it's that that it's it's so valuable and so important. But pastor, you don't realize uh, my life has been split up now. My family has been split up. I'm gonna tell you right now. Step in that role. Keep on believing. Whether whether you're the mother and a single mother, Amen. Keep on having faith. Keep coming to church. Keep bringing the kids, Amen. Keep encouraging them in the things of God. And then, men, you just need to step up the plate and be men. Well. So it's well that all of us pray for God's help in guiding our home. You can't do it without it, folks. Not in this day and time. And it used to be a day when you were just good people and your kids grew up being good people. We're far beyond that now. There's so much out, outside influence in our schools and everything else that infiltrate the mind of our kids and they come home questioning us as parents. I'll do this with a question mark. You know me. You know how soft I am. But yet it aggravates me. We're trying to lead our children in a dark world. Everybody say a dark world. Dark. Amen. Got to understand it. If the house is dark, amen, amen. It, the, the, if, the only fault, if, if the house is dark, the fault is not in you or whatever necessarily. Understand this though. If there's no light in the house, then whose fault is that? It's like I got this, I got this flashlight that is a, um, you plug it up, all right? And man, it's got, it's got one of those beams on it that'll just knock your socks out, man. It's got one of those, I can zoom it out, man, and it'll reach way out there and touch somebody. And, it's, and you pull it back and man, it just does like this. Hey, but if I, don't, if, I, if I don't pay attention to those little lights on there that warns me, that says, you know what, you need to charge this thing. That flashlight's not going to do me any good. How many's ever had a flashlight you turned on and, and, you, and you were out in the garage and you turned it on and, and all of a sudden you're looking for something and you can just tell the light's getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then what's the first thing you do half the time? <laughs> and I want to say, it ain't the flashlight's problem, it's the battery, it's the source inside that, that turns it on. You need to put new batteries in there or you need to charge it up. So, you know, somebody said one time, kids are inherently evil. Well, really, that's not the problem. The Bible says that we're all born into sin. So it's a, it is a sin issue with all of us, right? Amen. This is not what our world is saying. Basic thinking today is kids are basically good. Self-actualization is the buzzword of, of our day and time. Amen. Or self-helps and all that kind of stuff. Brother, Brother uh, Himes preached on it the other day. But in, Jer in Jeremiah 17, 9, notice what the word says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Uh, who can know it? 
You can't get around that scripture. Let me say it again. You cannot get around that scripture. And verse 10 it says, I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Well, you got quiet on me right there. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Uh, but we can't do that no more. We'll put these 18-year-old babies, 19-year-old kids, and we'll put them in a uniform and send them overseas and fight and expect them to be men. They're just trying to survive. You do the same thing with our kids and put them out on the street as, and, 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 and they want you to believe everything's okay when they're 15, 16, 17 years old. Think about it. What kind of decisions do you make, did you make when you were that age? They can't raise themselves. They need some kind of support in their life that's going to show them direction. Now, I'm going to stand here and tell you, sometimes they don't follow through with that. But yet you are setting the example that somewhere down the road, they might, they might say, you know what? That, that, that deal that mom did and grandpa and grandma and all them, hey, man, I'm going to tell you what, that's the way to go. And they'll, and they'll make that decision because they've come to a place where they understand. Amen. You know, listen, children are so precious when they're born. Everybody wants to hold them. They look into their eyes and say, oh, they're going to have blue eyes. They're going to have brown eyes. Or they're going to have hazel. Or they're, going to, they're going to have, and you look at the child and, oh, they're just, <laughs> you just melt. Yeah. The apple looks so good. There's one problem, Brother Howard, that I see. It looks so good, but the problem is there's a worm in it. There's a worm in it, and what's happening is it's eating that apple from the inside out. It is ruining that apple, even though it looks good. Sooner or later, that apple's going to start looking pretty disgusting. Huh? Does everybody understand that? Amen. Understand that, 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 they, that the Bible says, Proverbs 22, 15, foolishness is, is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction, don't touch me. I'm calling the cops. Here's my phone. Here's my phone and there's the door. You say, Pastor, that's brutal. I come from a different generation. Our kids will talk back to their parents. They'll, 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 they'll disrespect their parents and things of that nature. I have no time for that. Because your parents, you just need to understand that you will be a parent one of these days and you're going to understand really thoroughly that, what, what your mom and dad went through trying to raise you. So children are precious when they're born. They look good. Everything's great. But children are born in self-centered delinquency. <laughs> Hallelujah.
I, run, I read where one guy said they're barbaric savages. <laughs> Give me now. I want it now. You know, a kid growing up doesn't, social law, they don't learn mama, daddy. You try to tell them that. I'm trying to get Remy to say, nana, papi. But I think what she's learning is, no. Why is it? That kid's one of the most dominant words that they say when they're growing up. First words that they learn is, no. I, I kind of got an answer to that because if, if, if you're a child and you're at my house, then my wife is always saying, no. You can't have that. No. Don't touch that. No. Isn't that the truth? One guy said every society is 20 years from barbarianism. If you would study history, you would find in the circle of history, in the circle of life, amen, how many times society went in one direction only to crumble. Then they would put themselves back together and then they would start going in the right direction only to crumble. What they thought was the right direction. Or, or again, you will see the cycle as, again, society will pull itself back up by the, by the bootstraps and they'll start going in a direction, uh, amen, only to crumble again. Somewhere, would somebody please, uh, that's the reason why the church is so important, uh, because it makes no difference in that cycle, amen, uh, of history. Uh, if, if people pick themselves, if they're not going in the right direction, they're still going to suffer the same fate. Romans, I, I, I got to hurry. It's already 13 after 11. I, I apologize. Romans 7, 18. Eight, or 18 and 19. For I know that, that in me, that is in my flesh, he said. Paul said, dwelleth no good thing. For to do will is present with me. But now to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not. But the evil which I would not that I do. Look, folks. We were born with Adam's sin. We don't like to hear this, but our predisposition is toward sin. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need His blood in our life. We, we need a spiritual DNA check. We need God to change us, right? Amen. You must be born again, he said, of the water and of the Spirit. Paul said, you'll become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things will be passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is the answer and the only answer for the world. They can try all sorts of things. They can kick God out. It's only going to get worse. Don't ever buy into the notion that we don't need God. We need God to the fullest extent that we can get Him. We need everything that we can get. Look, this salvation thing is not something that we just come up with. It's something that, that, that that's the, it's the only thing that's going to change your life. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. 
in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Our only hope is in Him. Ted, you're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it in the educational system. You're not going to find it in our schools. Everybody out there is trying to train our kids in, in, in things that need to help them succeed. But salvation, you're not going to find there. And in fact, the further we live in this, you're finding out that people just don't want anything to do with God. But my Bible tells me that one day every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. So it makes no difference what country they're in. It makes no difference what city or state they're in here or what town or whatever they live in around the world. They will see them. Their eyes will be upon him. And they will know. Sometimes our kids whine. I'm nowhere done, but if you'll just come, I'll quit. It's already getting late. Sometimes our kids will whine. How many's ever had a whiny kid? How many's ever heard the phrase, you don't trust me? No, I don't. What the kids fail to understand is mom and dad has already been there. They know all the pitfalls. And they probably, they probably uh, uh, went through them. They know all the, all the snares. They know where they're at. They know the, the thing like, hey, we're just going to go and have a little bit of fun. We're not doing anything. Until sometimes they get the call from the police and say, hey, we got, your, we got your son, we got your daughter down here, you know, they were drinking and driving or they were doing this or they were doing that. And, and I've, had, I've, had, I've, had, I've been in situations where, you know, we had to take care of those kind of things. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something right now. It's not good when we get a phone call that they've been, call, they've been killed in a car accident. And you've got to go tell their moms and dads. You want to talk about PTSD in the military, they've got it. But in talking with one of their, I think he was a major, he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, we go out there and we fight our battles for six months, whatever, and we come back to home. He said, but your firemen, your policemen, they're out there every day picking up the pieces. Car wrecks, shootings, stabbings. And they go into that and they see this and they see all of the different things that happen good, bad, ugly I've been there walking in with people that's passed parents, that's why we got to get this in our kids because we want them to understand there is a God that loves them you don't have to go out and do all that kind of stuff 
You don't have to do all that to be happy. What you do is you come in and you find those, those, those people of like precious faith. Uh, amen. And you be a witness to other kids around you. You let them know, look what the Lord has done for me. Amen. Look what God has done in my life. Parents, it's our responsibility to teach our kids respect for authority. When that teacher's trying to teach you and you want to do that, no, they're an authority figure. Your principal, your, your vice principal, whoever it is in your school. A lot of them are just running scared now. They don't know what to do. We've got several teachers. We've got teachers in our, in our church. It's a hard profession right now. Because you want the kids to develop something in their life that will take them and graduate them to the next level. But that's one area. What about church? Church, I believe, is more important than any of them. Because this is where, this is where we take the Word of God and we train these kids. Stand, please, or I'll just keep on going. I, amen, just stand. So mothers... I want to say we appreciate you. We love you. And all you women here today that has the influence in, in a young person's life, amen. And, and I can say it this way. They may not be of your DNA because I was not of my, the parents that raised me, I wasn't of their DNA. But I will say this. They raised me as their own and they instilled in me things for God and the beauty of things in the Word of God. So we love that today. So ladies, we want to honor you. We want to give you all the praise. Will we clap our hands together? I'll say this right now. If your kids don't respect you, they will never truly learn to love you. Understand that. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness, your mercy, your love and kindness. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, for every individual that's in this house. But today, especially, Lord, being the day that we celebrate our mothers, I pray, God, that your blessings will be upon them. I pray that your spirit would rest upon them. I pray your anointing would rest upon them. I pray, God, that you would touch those that, that Mother's Day brings back bad, bad memories in their life. Maybe they've lost, lost a child. It might have been their only child. I, I pray, God, that you would comfort them today and love on them today as well as every other day. And for those, those that would love to have children that for whatever reason uh, that, that they, they haven't as of yet, I pray, God, that you would touch their lives. Amen. I pray, God, that you would help them in this day. Because, God, all these things that we pray, amen, there's certain things in our own personal lives that maybe each and every, each and every one of us have went through. So I'm praying, God, that you're a special love, a special peace on this day would be upon the ladies of this church, amen, and that you would help them and lead them and guide them and help them to be that spiritual leader in their family, amen, that, that will, that will let, show them a mother's love amen, that, that maybe they are missing drastically and they may not be their kid, but they let them know. I pray, God, that you would bless them today and be with them and be with us as we celebrate this day. 
And I pray, God, that you will lead us and guide us and help us. In Jesus' name we pray. We have a song.